I forget all the words to that song. But it's very sad. Okay. He says, uh, I'm so lonely because today I found my friends. Something like that. Kurt Cobain. Listener. Welcome to another episode of Hanging and Hanger. I'm here with Daniel Meek, as per usual, and Grace Cortez. What's up, peeps? Hi. So we got Grace in here tonight. Grace, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, uh, where you're from, how did you get to Nashville, what do you do, that kind of stuff? Sure, yeah. I am Grace. Um, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama originally, but I moved here in August. I've been here for like 10 months. I moved here for my job. Um, I work for an agency called Sprout House, and I do um, PR for hotels and restaurants, mainly is what we do. So that's what I've been doing ever since I moved here, and it's been fun. She's soon to be doing PR for this podcast. Uh, yeah, we were talking about it. Y'all need a marketing strategy or something. Oh, yeah, we definitely <laughs> Yeah. I think at least 20 people know about us. Oh, because Daniel doesn't mention it every time he does announcements. Oh, man, I need... <laughs> You know what? I need to mention it every single week. I'm so sorry. Okay. I keep forgetting. I'll do better. Okay. Half the time it's Kayla out there. So. Faithful, hanging in the hangar listeners, we love you. It's you and, and yes. far between. Merchandise is coming. Is it? From, from Kyle. I mean, if we can make those t-shirts that are on the logo, then I guess we'll try to make those. That'd be pretty sick. That's kind of great. I did see it today on the screen, so I, that was great. That's marketing yeah, right there. But people don't know what that is. Like, I would agree. I didn't realize what it was until today. I yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I need to do a better job. That's my bad. My bad, guys. I might need to make a new image that has podcast. <laughs> Maybe. That might be helpful. Yeah. Well, Grace, so you came from Birmingham. Where, where did you go to college? UAB, University of Alabama at Birmingham. And did you come up here straight after graduation? or? Yeah, I graduated okay. in May um, and then had a couple months. I worked at Thompson Tractor Company, so it was a great time as an intern, um, little tractor girl. And then I moved here in August, so yeah, a couple months. And I love Thompson. Yeah, it's great. You know Thompson fact, Tractor? don't know much about No, that. I just know Thompson. Okay. Is that in the like You know him area? <laughs> No. Like Thompson High School. Oh, no. Different, uh, different no, thing. No Thompson High School is like Dang. in Alabaster, and then this is like in Tarrant. Uh, I thought you were going to say like old friends with like well, yeah, Jonathan um, Thompson. Hal Thompson and Lucy Lucy Thompson, they, they own it. Shout out. <laughs> I, did, I did live in Tarrant my freshman year No way. It's, it's kind of scary. Were oh, you, it's a scary location. Yeah. They told me never get out of my car when I drive into there. No, someone, um, <laughs> someone got like kidnapped right outside my apartment complex. Oh. Uh, and like they stole all of his Christmas presents. It was like Christmas oh, time, no. and he had, had all the presents in his car, like wrapped. And they stole. Oh, I think they stole his car. And they left coal. And put him in the in what? They left coal. They left coal. <laughs> yes, I think they stole his car and put him in the trunk. Oh. And took all his Christmas presents. Gosh. Yeah. It's real. That's terrible. <laughs> it's the only real. times I stopped in Alabama, we stopped at the sketchiest gas station I've ever been to in my entire life. <laughs> you remember so what dramatic. city it was in? It was Montgomery. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can get into some sketchy situations anywhere. Oh, yeah. Like any much. city, any, any place. Yeah. Worst places in Nashville. Uh, Bellevue. Yeah. Don't go to what's your street, Daniel? Um, I will not give that up. <laughs> I live off of Highway 100. <laughs> yep. There's a man with a sign right off the highway there. Yeah. You might find it. <laughs> go walk down Highway 100 and you'll find me. Yeah. So, 
how have you um, liked Nashville so far? I'm loving it. I um, I feel like it's I describe it as something that's like similar to Birmingham, so it feels kind of homey, but it's bigger and there's more things to do, which I love. I um, am always the person that's looking for the next like mm-hmm. big fun thing to do, so I'm loving that about Nashville. Is it is it really bigger? Like, is it that much bigger than Birmingham? Yeah, Birmingham's. Um, City, like downtown, plus like their metropolitan area is a million, and then Nashville's like okay. metropolitan, everything like metropolitan area is about two million, so okay. it's about double the size. Okay. Yeah. I've always liked Birmingham. I think of Birmingham as similar to Nashville for yeah. some reason. So. No, I do too. So it's been good. It hasn't been like a crazy adjustment or anything. And it's been sweet. I've been making a lot of friends and um, just finding community here, and it's been good. Cool. Well, the main reason we brought you on for this podcast was to talk about missions trips. Uh, we have an upcoming trip to Ireland. If Danny, you want to just give a quick brief about that. Yeah, um, this will be my first time to go on this trip. And so there's a lot of people who I think I think West End has been um, taking a team to, uh, to Dublin, Ireland since like 2013, 2014, maybe 2012. I can't really remember. Um, but it's been a long time. And we have some uh, people that we partner with over there, and uh, it's it's um, there's some uh, homeless shelter needs, addiction uh, that we'll be serving. Um, part of it's going to be like just canvassing the neighborhood, uh, trying to meet people and offer help, offer them, um, you know, hey, can we get you in this program? And then part of it's going to be serving at the actual um, uh, facilities that they have there in Dublin. So we're going um, September 29th. We will fly out. We'll kind of do an overnight Friday night flight. Um, and then we'll come back October 7th. So I guess nine-day trip kind of total. Is that nine? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, like a nine-day total trip. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We have a, a general general interest meeting on Sunday. That's this Sunday, depending on when you're listening. You're probably not going to – well, this probably won't be out in time, right? I mean, it depends on when I can edit it. I might be able to, but we need PR to get people to listen to it. Okay. <laughs> Let me rewind. My job. Um, we'll, we'll have some, some interest meetings throughout the summertime to keep people um, mm-hmm. uh, informed on what we're doing. I uh, don't know how much it's going to cost yet. I'm not sure who all is going or how many people we're going to be able to take, but just really excited to kind of be a mm-hmm. part of it and um, help serve. So. I can't wait. Plus, we get to go to Ireland, and one of the days over there is just like a total free day, so can't wait for that. You will find Daniel knee-deep in potatoes. <laughs> potatoes and Guinness, yes. Yeah. I'll be I'll be wasted away in potatoes and Guinness. Um, not wasted. Responsibly <laughs> drinking. <laughs> but yeah, so that's why we brought Grace in. We thought uh, Kyle, Kyle suggested, like, hey, we could do some stuff on missions. Grace has been on a couple mission trips, so we brought yeah. Grace in. Great. So, uh, Grace, if you want to talk about some of the trips you've been on and kind of what uh, that was like, the preparation and your expectations uh, going into it. Sure, yeah. Um, so I totally forgot to mention, too, that I've actually been on a mission trip to Ireland. Um, okay. I, like, forgot to mention that one. <laughs> um, that was back in 2016, so it was just a while ago. I was young. I didn't really, like, it was so impactful, but I didn't. I just mm-hmm. I'm going on about them. But, so I've been to Ireland, um, and we went to... Um, a city in 
um, Greystone, or it's, it's an hour south of Dublin, so it's called Greystone, Ireland, and we worked with the PCA church there and put on like a VBS for the kids, and so that was really fun. Um, and then the two other ones that I've been on were um, to the Dominican Republic and to Panama, and those were both with Filter of Hope, um, and I went on that with my church, um, Redeemer, in Birmingham. Um, we went as a group um, in college, so I did that in 2020 and 2021, I think, or 2021 and 2022, I think. So, um, that didn't answer. What was your question? <laughs> oh, it's like, uh, like, what did y'all do to prepare? And then, like, how did your expectations kind of get set for that? And, like, what did you expect? Yeah. Um, so, I think, um, I'm going to speak more, I guess, on, the, I guess I can edit this part out. But I'm going to speak more on, on, like, the Panama trip and the yeah. New York trip. I feel like those were more recent and, like, more okay. helpful. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, to prepare, um, I... Just, I first, like, sent out some letters. It's kind of basic, but, like, I helped, like, raise money and um, send those out to my family. And um, that was, even that was just a, a time to learn from the Lord, like, see his provisions and um, see him just, like, bring in the funds for that. Um, so that was really sweet. And then also just spend a lot of time in prayer. Um, that one's really important. And I think prayer is just really important to, like, ask the Lord to, like, help prepare your heart and just be prayerfully, like, asking the Lord to like prepare the team and, and unify the team and then prepare the hearts of the people, um, that we're going to preach the gospel mm-hmm. to. Um, I also wrote out my testimony, um, because this was a very, um, this trip was really focused on like sharing the gospel and sharing our stories and, and going door to door, um, and doing that. So I prayerfully like wrote out my testimony and, and, and prayed through it and, and thought about how can I tell my testimony in a way that will be impactful for these people. Um, and so, yeah, those were the, the three main things that I did to kind of prepare for the trip um, and just putting a lot of emphasis, I think, on prayer. I mean, and that's kind of all you can do is just pray mm-hmm. and um, just trust in the Lord. And um, it's it's going to be him that's going to work. It's not, you know, anything that you do. And so, um, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So what uh, you kind of mentioned the goal of the trip was for. Uh, share your testimony of, among what kind of groups of people was that because I, I went on uh, some trips in college as well to uh, Utah and Spain and we were mainly working with like college campuses mm-hmm. um, so was it that or was it just like uh, kind of like Daniel saying like homelessness and addiction that they're doing in Ireland what was the yeah that's a great question so I'll kind of backtrack so we went with Filter of Hope mm-hmm. um, and this organization brings water I just yawned and my eyes watered, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this man is in full tears, like choking back. No, like, I, I like... just like deep yawn. My eyes, my <laughs> so eyes emotional. Like watering, I and that's like, like, just get choked up talking about it. Grace, what did you say? <laughs> Filter of Hope. Um, but yeah, so I went with Filter of Hope, um, and it that's an organization where they bring um, water filters to people um, in areas that don't have clean water, so... Um, they've, they've been to Cuba, they're in um, the Dominican Republic, Panama, all kinds of places. Um, and the whole goal of that is to like meet the physical needs, but then also meet the spiritual needs. So we would bring these water filters and show them how to install it. Um, and then um, we would also usually like, well, okay, first we would like knock on the families. We'd go door to door and do these. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then we would like kind of meet, we'd go in with the families and like meet them and, and make some small talk, get to know them. Um, and, and just sort of learn about them. And then we would start talking about the filter and show them how to install it. And then we would use that as a picture of the gospel. So basically we would say like, 
we are dirty and broken um, like this water and Jesus purifies us and makes us clean and um, would go and kind of share the gospel that way. Mm -hmm. And then usually we would lead into like one person telling their testimony. Um, And it um, was a really great format. Um, And it sounds kind of like it's like it was really planned and like formatted, but it it was just really natural and organic. And it's just these kind of conversations um, would flow out of it. And it was amazing to see the work that the Lord did through all of that. Mm -hmm. So, So you were in the Dominican Republic and Panama. How would you say uh, you kind of, like, what was that culture like? How did that uh, culture uh, uh, interact with Christianity? Like, what is the relationship there? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, They're, um, I mean, obviously two different countries, but they're both similar in a lot of ways. Um, I think that, um, so the culture there is, um, they were very friendly. I think that was something that I noticed um, differed from the U.S. I think we can be very, like, self-centered um, and, like, very, like, focused on our, like, personal time. But these people would, like, take hours out of their day to, like, just sit and talk with us and welcome us into their homes. And I don't think you could do that in the U.S. Like, we would literally just, like, would walk around these little villages and, like, knock on doors. And they would just, like, invite us in and, like, let us sit and some of, sometimes it even like feed us and, and things like that. And so it was just a very giving, very hospitable um, culture that experienced both in the DR and in, in, in Panama, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really unique and special. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like I went to Spain and Utah, which are two vastly different areas, but Spain is very like they're culturally Catholic, but like spiritually they're all kind of anti-Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that relationship with how much the church has just hurt that culture. Yeah. Um, and in Utah, it's very much like a lot of Mormons and then the people who aren't Mormon are very just like U.S. secular. Um, but it is very like hostile. Like most people you talk to just kind of walked away or if you started a conversation, you say, hey, like I'm going to do you want, we'd be having these events that we invited people to that we're uh, doing on campus. And most of the time you'd be like, oh, I had a really good conversation with this person. And they, you'd be like, oh, they, they might show up and then they, you'd never see them again. Uh, but then there was surprisingly some people that you like, there was this one couple in Spain that I just, we didn't seem to have like a great conversation with them. They seemed very like, we're busy, we're trying to go somewhere. But they did stop and talk to us for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they surprisingly showed up. We're like, oh wow. like, And they had a great time. Yeah. but. Which is very cool is, like, how different those cultures are and, like, how you have to kind of change the way you go into it Mm -hmm. Um, because not everyone has the same knowledge that you have or feels the same way that you do. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have a question um, that uh, might be, well, you might say I have no idea, um, and that's totally fine. But so my question would be, um, what was kind of the the knowledge of Christianity? Like when you're going door to door, like you're talking person to person, do people have a foundational understanding of the Bible or Christianity or the gospel or Jesus? Or is it like completely foreign or like what was that kind of experience like? Yeah, that's a great question. It just it depended on the city that we were in or okay. the village that we were in. Um, like one village in Panama was like this remote island that you could only get to by a boat. Um, 
and these people really didn't leave the island a whole lot and so we actually met a girl there that had like never heard of Jesus before wow. um, so you would find people like that but most of the time especially I think in the DR um, a lot of the people had Catholic backgrounds and so like we spoke um, with a woman named Estella for a long time she was 83 years old and like believed in works plus faith um, mm-hmm. for, to heaven and because um, she was just she was Catholic and she ended up coming to the Lord then which was amazing mm-hmm. we like just uh, read the gospel to her like preached the gospel and shared our stories and um I mean, she was 83 years old, so we're like, eh. so like she's pretty yeah. set in her ways. Like, mm-hmm. we weren't sure if we wanted to like keep pressing and like keep explaining the gospel, but then she like something clicked. It was the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, and she came to know the Lord. And so there's there's just different um, people like that, and it just depended. Um, and she was from a city that was very like Catholic, okay. um, had a lot of Catholic people. Um, but then there were some people that like their job was um, like. There, there were people that were also just very secular, and so um, it just kind of depended on where we were. Mm. So, uh, you kind of mentioned this already. Um, like, what was the trip like? What did you do? I kind of guess more getting to uh, how did it impact you? Like, what do you think you learned from these experiences? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a great question. I I learned so much, and I have like so many different things that I could say. Um, I learned, first of all, I'm just, I'm, I'm such a big believer in like going on trips and getting out of your comfort zone and, and experiencing something diverse, something that's different than what you've grown up, um, and, getting outside of your bubble. Like I grew up very much in a bubble where everyone thinked and looked and thought like me. And so it was really great to get out and like, and, and meet with people that, um, are just from a completely different place and have different experiences and different beliefs and religions and they look different and socioeconomically you're different. Um, and so I think that was just really special, but, um, above all was just, I, I really saw the Lord, um, just work and, and I learned a lot, like how to rely on the Holy Spirit and rely on the Lord to, um, work in and, and through us. And, um, a lot of that came through depending on him, um, through prayer. We would just spend a lot of time in prayer, which was really sweet. Um, and just, um, really just relying on, on him, um, and yeah, I can go deeper if you want me to explain some of those things, but um, that's kind of the overall, what some of the things I learned. Yeah. Do you feel like you have any stories, you kind of mentioned one already that you think would be helpful uh, for listeners who might be considering the Ireland trip of like what to expect, maybe something that was impactful for you. I know uh, for me, like some people will go to a trip and they'll come back and be like, oh, I didn't have any like astounding interactions or any like. Gosh, what's the word for it? Um, Life-changing. There's like there's like a specific word that we would use for like when you have like a really like spiritual interaction with like another person. Um, I don't remember what it is. I'm sure anyone who uh, was in UVA Chi Alpha who went on those trips would probably know what I'm talking about. But um, like some people would go and you walk away like okay like I kind of just went on vacation and mm-hmm. talked to a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but other people would walk away like, oh, I've met this one person. I feel like I really did, like, had an impact mm-hmm. here. Um, and, you know, I think it's, you shouldn't go into it necessarily thinking, oh, I have to walk away having, like, converted someone or having had, like, the best time talking to one specific person. Um, I think a lot of it could be just you growing, um, or you just understanding what it's like to serve and be in a different community. 
Um, but do you have any stories that like yeah. stand out to you about your time? Yeah, there? that's a great point. I can definitely share stories, but um, I also just wanted to harp on that that point of, yeah, you don't have to have some sort of like life changing moment for it to be impactful. Like when I went to Ireland in 2016, um, it, I didn't have any like incredible stories or like lead anybody to Christ. And even when I went to the DR in Panama, I didn't directly like lead anybody to Christ through my testimony, but in all three of those trips, I saw the Lord work, mm-hmm. um, and was encouraged, um, and, and was just, um, encouraged by fellow believers, encouraged by the conversations I had and by the people that I met. Um, and when I went to Ireland, I feel like that trip is going to be more similar to what the people went on. And it was just sweet to spend time in fellowship with fellow believers. Um, and it's really cool to, to do that in a country that's not your own and, and to see how those people worship the Lord and, and to remind yourself that the U S and like yourself are not mm-hmm. the center of the world. Like the way that we worship the Lord is not the only way, like people do it in so many different ways. Like, and so I think that's a really important aspect and perspective to have. And like, like I was prayed over in like, um, there was a Haitian refugee camp in, the Dominican Republic and they spoke Creole and this mm-hmm. woman like prayed over us in Creole and like sang over us in, in like Creole and it was so cool and like I didn't understand anything she was saying mm-hmm. but I was like this is her like relationship with God and like she was inviting us into that and it was just really cool to like take that apart from myself um but yeah I guess kind of going back to your question of of stories and and um how that was impactful um I think prayer was just really important. Like we would always pray before, um, we went into a house and then like while we were in a house and and after. And I remember, um, we were talking with this, um, family, um, in, gosh, where were we? I think we were in, we were in the Dominican Republic and it was a Haitian refugee camp. And this woman, it was this mom of like four boys, um, had survived the big earthquake in Haiti Mm. that happened in, like 2009 or something like that. Yeah. Eight or nine. Yeah. Um, and, and that was the whole camp was, was all survivors from that. And so it was just like really sad. And, um, she was just, had told like the story of like this miracle and she, she knew the Lord and that was beautiful, but her sons didn't. And so the whole time I was just sitting there like praying that like they were kind of listening, but they weren't part of the conversation and like just praying that they would kind of join in. And then they ended up joining into the conversation. And then like, um, we, we just kept talking and, um, we, Stephen and one of the guys that was with us, um, started kind of telling his story. And I just remember the whole time, like I was just praying through that, like the Lord would like speak to them because they didn't really seem interested. And then slowly they just kind of warmed up to it. And like one of the guys, Opoche, I think was his name, ended up like giving his life to Christ. And so it was just like really sweet to like see that kind of happen and, um, see them be impacted by Stephen's story. And, and, um, I think just like, I don't know, watching those sorts of things happen are just, like, really sweet to, like, literally, like, mm-hmm. see somebody, like, not at all be interested in the gospel and then kind of, like, warm up to it and just, I don't know, it was beautiful. And there's mm-hmm. plenty more stories I'm sure I could tell, but... <laughs> yeah. What languages do they speak at the Dominican so, Republic? Yeah, the, the DR and Panama are Spanish-speaking, okay. um, but then the Haitian refugee camps, they would speak mostly Creole. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, cause it's, it's always very interesting to me um, going into a missions trip to a place where you don't speak the language. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to Spain and Utah. Utah, obviously, they speak English. Spain, I, I took seven years of Spanish. I was one of the more uh, 
fluent people on that trip. I actually uh, got to know this one guy from Spain who basically only spoke Spanish pretty well. Um, we still like message every so often. Um, but like some of the people I went with didn't know any Spanish at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it was really nice to have there was like an established church there of people who were consistent and had been um, there for a while. Some of them spoke English um, and they would like help translate and stuff like that. Um, but it's just very unique because I had friends who went to like places in Africa, uh, the Comoros, uh, Mali, all of these different countries that like no matter what language there are, I doubt a bunch of kids from Virginia are going to know it. Right. Um, so I think that's just a very humbling experience of like how are you going to serve in this place where you need help to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And, and God can work through those language barriers. I mean, we had translators, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, it was really cool to still be able to like relate to these people and have conversations, even though there was like a slight awkward pause with the translator was translating. But mm-hmm. I mean, those translators were incredible too. Like they, most of them were Christians. Actually, I believe one of our translators ended up becoming a Christian like during wow. all of this. Wow. Like, um, so not all of them were, but because um, they're, they're, they're repeating and saying the gospel over and over again all day long. Um, and so it was really cool. But that'll, that's what's nice about Ireland is there isn't a language barrier. So it's yeah. so much easier mm-hmm. to communicate. Um, and that'll be really awesome. Maybe a wee bit one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I was in Ireland for New Year's and some of the things they said, I was like, what is that? Because there's that's one funny. thing. They say zebra stripes for uh, <laughs> the crosswalk. Okay. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. But there's this one thing and it's like, it's called like throwing the crag. I don't know why. It's pronounced like the crack. <laughs> and we're like, throwing why is everyone talking about crag over here? Okay. And they're like, no, we're talking about like, the crack. And we're like, huh? <laughs> and it just means like, you know, joshing around, wasting time, mm-hmm. that kind of That's thing. Funny. And we're just like, you're seeing it everywhere. Hmm. Um, but it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start pouring into the old. Uh... <laughs> local Irish like yeah. history. Dan was gonna learn Gaelic over here. Yeah, yeah. Well, something Grace that you and, and um, Kyle both said a minute ago. We were talking about experiences or stories, or mm-hmm. and I think you said something that was great. Is like you don't have to have this like amazing Holy Spirit like uh, divine interaction. That's the thing. Okay. Yeah, divine interaction. Intervention. intervention. Yes. yes. Uh, I don't know. Divine intervention. <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. I guess interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like, if, so I, I say up in young adults a lot that, like, every encounter is a divine opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to have this, like, I saw the Holy Spirit fall on this person, mm-hmm. and he began speaking in tongues, all that yeah. stuff. And I was reminded of, of Romans 10. Um, in verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then it says, in verse 14, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Mm-hmm. And how are and how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And so elsewhere, Paul talks about, um, I watered Apollos, um, uh, planted, and God gave the growth. And mm-hmm. so... I think it's a good perspective that you kind of brought up. It just reminded me that, like, 
you know, you may have been laying a foundation for a missionary the next week or in the next mm-hmm. year or right. 10 years from now to come through and talk. And they've, you know, that one person's been saying, yeah, man, I've, I've wanted to, I've, this has been stirring inside of me mm-hmm. for 10 years now. I'm so glad that, you know, someone else is there. Yeah. Cause it was yeah. interesting when we were in Utah, there was another group from Alabama, um, <laughs> that they were just very like heavy, just truth is what we're giving to all of these Mormon students right. at this university. And we had this one thing, which was like a religious sit down where anyone could just come sit down and talk. And it was me, one of my friends, these two guys who are Mormon, and then this one or two guys from Alabama, um, not to be mean about Alabama. <laughs> no, you can be mean. Um, you, okay. you better watch yeah. yourself. But, <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I think, and I don't mean to assume here, but it, it felt like they came in with high expectations mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. I'm going to convert. They assumed they already knew what these people believed. They weren't asking questions. They were telling. Mm. And these two guys, like, as I got to talk to them, it was like, yeah, they don't believe most of the stuff. They're just, like, culturally Mormon. They're like, I'm finding, oh, like, that's something that I relate to there. Like, there's a lot of commonalities that we have. Like, how can I use that to build a rapport? Of, yeah. Like, they're getting to know what Christians are, not necessarily what Christians think that they should be. Mm-hmm. And there was this idea that... Um, a lot of people go into is I'm going to convert someone and I'm just going to convince them of the gospel as soon as yeah. I talk to them. And like, I think we don't really tend to do that in our own lives of right. like, Oh, I'm going to go convince my friend right now. Right. You're like, Oh, I just need to invite them to church and they'll come, they'll hang out. They'll get to know me. They'll get to know my friends. Uh, but when you only have like a week, you're like, Oh, I have to work now. Like, otherwise it's my only chance. Yeah. Um, so people are very much focused on conversion and not necessarily sowing those seeds yeah. originally. And something that like we found is like the most like conversation starting thing. We did like uh, two by two evangelism. If you just ask someone like, "Hey, do you need prayer for anything?" Mm-hmm. Nine times out of yeah. ten, someone's going to tell yes. you something they want prayer for, mm-hmm. yeah. even if the actual process of praying is uncomfortable for them Mm -hmm. it's at least something where they're like yeah i have struggles that i'm would like you know dealt with like there's no harm in that um and simply that kind of opens the door versus hey can i tell you about jesus and most people can be like "Ah, i don't really want to learn about jesus i'm not really willing to learn today they're more like you need to find their emotional points of like how can i talk to these people and get them interested on that level. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but kind of the way that I've come to approach it is in my uh, entrepreneurship class, we talked about how, how do you convince people to buy a product? And essentially, all the things in the world that you can say that are great about the product might not convince the person who doesn't have any problems that that's associated with Mm -hmm. and unless you can reach them on an emotional level of why they should care they're not going to yeah um and i think that's the thing that we need to focus on more is why should this person care soul and yeah but sometimes like yes the whole oh your soul is at at play here like the whole spiritual thing that they don't believe in that so they don't Mm -hmm. care but if you can find the things like hey you're struggling with this 
this is something that deals with that and like can help you. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are great points. And I think, um, really important to think through and remember, like, first of all, not having that savior complex, like you said, like we are not the ones that are saving them. It's mm-hmm. God and God alone and the Holy spirit. And so when you're sharing the gospel or having conversations about the Lord, like not, you know, thinking that it's of your own doing, but kind of going back to what I was saying, like just being prayerful and, and asking the Holy spirit to speak through you and yeah. um, work mm-hmm. through you. And, um, and it can be, it can be hard to, it can be kind of scary to like go in and, and share the gospel, but like all you need to do is depend on the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And like, if you've experienced the resurrected Jesus Christ, then like all you need to do is like lean on him and depend on him. And like the gospel is going to do the work and we're just mm-hmm. the vessel and we're just the vessel. Yeah. And so I think that's really important to remember, but also like, um, but yeah, just being really sensitive in those conversations and asking questions and like asking, like I always love, um, asking, like, I do this a lot too, like not even on mission trips, just like in my day to day life, like asking people what they believe and mm-hmm. like why they believe that. And like mm-hmm. just getting to know them and having a conversation and not going in like those people from Alabama did where they're yeah. just like, I'm right. You're wrong. Like mm-hmm. here it is. Like it's more just having natural conversations and, and just listening. Sometimes it's just listening and like getting to know yeah. what they, what other people believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I often think of, um, sometimes I get convicted, uh, like, the guy on the street corner that holds the sign that says, you know, like, uh, the Vatican is the seat of the Antichrist. I see it right outside or, my office and every um, time I go to Chipotle. And sometimes I get really, like, judgy about that guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's not, he's not doing it right. But the Lord has someone who that message will mm-hmm. provoke a need for some type of religious searching. You know what I mean? Like, you never know the means by which the Lord's going to start to work. So, like, yeah, I might say, like, hey, there's probably a better way to do it. Um, Like, maybe the guys from Alabama, um, you know, poke something in someone, and they're like, oh, maybe, like, maybe my soul is eternal, and maybe I should think Mm -hmm. about that. Ultimately, I would say (laughs) not the right way to go about it. Um, Yeah, I, I just... I love hearing all these stories. I think that um, we are such an experiential uh, society, mm-hmm. and 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 we have this like, I want to experience what it's like to convert someone, mm-hmm. um, and we even have it in our own salvation. Like everybody's like, hey, tell me about your your test, tell me your testimony, or tell me like your salvation story. So I tell people that I became a Christian at twenty five. I don't know when I became a Christian. I know, I know it was somewhere between, somewhere between twenty three and twenty five, probably more like twenty four and twenty five. Um, I just know looking up at age twenty five and coming to the conclusion that like, wow, I'm a Christian and I've never been a Christian before. Yeah. Um, so there's not like this like Paul on the road to Damascus moment mm-hmm. for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's important to remember that as. As you go on mission trips, as you go to evangelize or talk to your friends or the Jehovah's Witness knocks on your door and yeah. you get an opportunity to say, hey, do you know Jesus? Like <laughs> in any time like that, like you're not having to win an argument or convince mm-hmm. someone with evidence or anything like that. Yeah. Um, you're just proclaiming the truth of what you believe. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing is like 
especially in the Mormon culture, the funny thing is there was a set of a bunch of Mormons on our uh, the campus we were at that were um, at our campus at UVA that would always reach out to us, like anyone they could find who was Christian, and they would like try to convert us. They'd say, hey, want to grab lunch with me. And it's interesting sitting down when you're like, oh, I'm trying to convert you and you're trying to convert me. <laughs> like, who, which of us is with you? But at the end of the day, like, you have to put that out of your mind. Right. Um, and I think, like, when it comes to taking that step of how do I interact with someone, like, it's scary to kind of make that first step of talking to someone about Christ. Um, especially on a mission trip, it's important to remember that, like, yes, the Holy Spirit's with you, but also you have a whole team of people mm-hmm. there with you. Like, you aren't on your own. I think yeah. that's for me is like in my day to day life when friends of mine meet another friend of mine who's Christian, it's important. Like, hey, like I'm not alone in this. I have someone else who is like putting forth just the general impression that I want to set of what a Christian is like. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, for me, yeah, relying on your team is is really important. And um, I know for us, like when we were in Panama at the DR, like we would go in very team mindset um and like if someone was kind of struggling for like what to say next like someone else would hop in and, mm-hmm. and it was just very like collaborative and so I think that's really important too and and just having your team there for for prayer and and for um encouragement and all those sorts of things the unity of Christ is um really important so mm-hmm. yeah I like that yeah yeah something funny that I thought of um they send Mormons to all over the place mm-hmm. and we were in Canastia, New York, which is where my grandma lives, middle of nowhere and there are Mormons just walking around and I'm like you don't get to choose where you go and you can go anywhere in the world and they sent you to <laughs> middle of backwoods New York and you could have been in like the Dominican Republic or some this, tropical place. Yeah, some <laughs> really nice place like I don't know, that's just always been fun to me. And that's the thing is, like, we can laugh at that, but there's also people in all of those places yeah. that need to be spoken to yep. mm-hmm. about Christ. I've even I've even listened to uh, Mormon missionaries talk about how, um, how much of a grind it is when they go. I think it's like they leave at, like, 18 or 19 and go out on mission. Uh, they have to wear their little short-sleeve, button-up, yeah. white collars, ride their bicycles, and... Um, they basically don't have hardly any money. They're living, you know, very, you know, um, faithful lives. They're depending on their faith to get them through. And so, yeah, that is, that is a funny concept. It's like, what if your best friend got sent to like, whatever, you know, the beach, in, yeah. you know, Florida, somewhere Miami or something and you're <laughs> in Alabama where I'm from. Bold <laughs> 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 Yeah. Um, is there anything else kind of want to say as a final thing for anyone considering going on this trip? Yeah. Um, I ca- we kind of harped on this earlier, but I wanted to throw in too that just kind of bringing up like God's sovereign choice and that like, yes, we're called to share the gospel, but like not everyone might not be receptive of it. And so um, like just like for me, it was really hard, like kind of wrestling with that hearing that like, like you're, you're sharing this good news and, and people then sometimes just don't want to accept it. But like just knowing that like like the power of the gospel doesn't depend on us, but like depends on God and his mercy. And so just 
remembering that. Um, and then specifically for Ireland, like I said earlier, like you might not experience any like great, amazing thing, like mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit coming down or anything like that. But like the relationships that you're building there are so important and, and you're planting seeds and just taking time to like care for someone in that community is, is sharing a part of the gospel is sharing God's love. And like that work is really, really important. And so even if you don't lead it, like I'd never led anybody to Christ, like directly from what I said, at least that I saw, but like, I still saw the Lord work. And so like, that doesn't mean that like the work that you're doing isn't like important if you don't see like these major results or like I converted 20 people, you know, or Mm -hmm. something like that. But just knowing that like God is still good and, um, and there's just so many things that you can still just learn from just spending a week really intentionally, you know, doing these things for the Lord and, and on mission for the Lord. And, and that's how we should live our lives every day. And so I think coming back from this, I was like, man, like I need to be more comfortable, like having gospel conversations. I need to be better about praying for opportunities to share the gospel. I need to be better about just praying throughout my day. And so um, I think that these sort of mission trips are really special for that because it, it makes you just really think about the Lord more than like I do unfortunately like every day when I'm just doing my like nine to five job like I I felt like I was really just focused on the Lord and so um yeah mission trips are awesome and um I hope that if anyone's listening and then and that is going that um we have a great time and um, I'm excited to. Um, this might be required listening for the trip. Right. Yeah. We, yeah. We might. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, this people might can learn some things. Plane ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thirteen episodes to listen through for the plane ride. <laughs> this is part of the interest meeting. It's yeah. part of the vetting process. <laughs> exactly. If this sounds interesting, please proceed. There will be a pop quiz at the end. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Grace, for telling us about your trips. Right now, my uh, ministry man, Meek, here has some uh, tongue and twisters <laughs> for uh, us to kind of go over and see how we do. Okay, some of these are going to be really stupid, but uh, <laughs> stupid's fun. Do we want to do the funny tongue twisters, the adult ones that are hard, or the for kids? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm trying to make sure that, that Grace can see I can see. see. This is so much okay. better. Okay. Um... What do you think, guys? You want to, Let's just do one of each. Okay. Great. Funny tongue twisters. Okay, let's do... Uh, <laughs> let's do this one. Okay. All right, so how are we going to determine... It's just gonna, we're just going to laugh at each other. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> so it reads, No need to light a night light on a light night like tonight. Okay. Kyle, you want to try sure. it first? We're, so we're going speed and accuracy. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. No need to light a night light on a light night like tonight. No need to light a night light on a night on a light night like tonight. I think both of you guys did pretty well. Okay. Okay. Kind of, st- I kind of stumbled. Um, I'm gonna try to go really fast. Okay. No need to light a night light on a light night like tonight. Okay. Ooh, that's good. That's, that's good. that's good. I feel like I heard y'all y'all do it twice, and I kind of like had my tongue because the la 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 is like mm-hmm. the hardest part. Mm-hmm. I feel like I had to practice. Okay. You guys want to try another one? Sure. Uh, what about that one? Sure. So it reads, a happy hippo hopped and hiccuped. Might be kind of easy. Might be. But we're not at the hard ones yet. We're not supposed to be either. Grace, you want to go first this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A happy hippo hopped and hiccuped. Happy hippo hopped and hiccuped. A happy hippo hopped and hiccuped. Yep. I think you got it. 
I definitely got the words wrong. I said hip 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 cups. Or like that. <laughs> um. Okay. Some hard ones. Let's go some hard ones. Okay. It's a good good little warm up. Ready. Uh, <laughs> can you say this? You want to start? Okay. Which wrist watches are Swiss wrist watches? That's how it reads. Okay. okay. Which wrist watches are Swiss wrist watches? I can't. No, <laughs> you almost had. Almost it. Had that was it. good. That was good. I couldn't get it. Which wrist watches are switch wrist watches? <laughs> Which <laughs> start over, start over. Which wrist watches are Swiss switch? Switch... <laughs> I'm so bad at these. Oh man, that's W is just a hard one. <laughs> yeah, the wrist is what gets you. The wrist watches get you. Like, mm-hmm. W H W R. It's tough. That's too easy. <laughs> Do you want to pick one? Sure. Um. First one up on top seemed pretty difficult. Here? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this one reads six sick hicks, nick six slick bricks with picks and sticks. Okay. Could go wrong. I don't even know if I could read that <laughs> again. It didn't really Is that make even sense. A sentence? Yeah, I don't know. Six sick hicks, nick six slick bricks with picks and sticks. Okay. Six sick hicks, nick six slick bricks with picks and sticks. Okay, you pretty much crushed. Yeah, it. I don't even know if I can try it. Okay, let's see. Six six sick hicks, nick six slick bricks with picks and sticks. You got it. Six sick hicks, nick six slick bricks with picks and sticks. Okay. Yeah. Easier than I thought it would be. Yeah, a little not bad. easier. Not bad. I think they're harder actually just to read on the screen. Yeah. Than yeah. To actually say them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, language warning. Just in case we mess up. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Okay, I slit the sheet. The sheet I slit. And on the slitted sheet I sit. <laughs> That's so bad. Oh, okay, you want to go first? Piece. I think it's my turn to go first. Yeah. Okay. I slit the sheet, I sheet the slit, and on the slitted sheet I sit. Okay. Whoa. That was good. That was, that was good. You missed a word. Did I? Oh. Maybe. I slit the heat. I, I slit the sheet. The sheet I slit, and on the slitted sheet I sit. I slit the sheet. The sheet I slit, and on the slitted sheet I sit. Yes, not very hard. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be hard. Okay, so I choose one. Oh gosh. Um. Do we, or do we want to stick with the adult ones? I kind of. What is? Is that one? That one looks just hard, but it, you the know, it's kind of fun. It's really long. Okay, so it reads: um, a skunk sat on a stump. And thunk the stump stunk, but the stump thunk the skunk stunk. It's not even a sentence. I don't think so. Alright. Grace, you picked it. Okay, oh, okay, alright. I think, I think you're no, right. No, I got it, okay. A, a skunk sat on a stump and thunk the stump stunk, and put the stump thunk and <laughs> the stunk skunk. Alright. A skunk sat on a stump and thunk the stump stunk. The stump thunk, the skunk stunk. Ooh, I think you did a pretty, mm-hmm. pretty good job. My eyes can't. I'm seeing K's and T's and that's and yeah. P's. Okay, a skunk sat on the stump and thunk the stunk stunk. Golly, but the stump thunk the skunk stunk. I think that's the main problem with these is like, it's not like a normal sentence, 
Right, and all right, the words right. are just so similar that you're like, you forget which one is which if you're just like... Oh, so here's... Trying to go quick. Tongue twister sentences. Okay. Um, there you go. How about that? Susie works in a... Sh- <laughs> I can't even read it. <laughs> Susie works in a shine shop where she shines, she sits, and where she sits, she shines. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, I'll go... Alright, Susie works in a shoe shine shop where she shines, she sits, and where she sits, she shines. Oof. Susie works in a shoe shine shop where she shines, she sits, and where she sits, she shines. That's awesome. Susie works in a shoe shine shop where she shines, she sits, and where she sits, she shines. Dang it. I think that's easier than like the one with like Susie on by the seashore or the seashell one. Sally, Sally sells seashells down by the yeah. seashore. Okay. I think that's what it is. I, I don't know that. Do you guys know any other like tongue twisters that are? I mean, I know we know the Peter Piper. I know. Yeah. Do you know any other ones? I, it's like my knock knock jokes. Like somebody asked me for like a joke. Like I never have. It has been any okay. jokes. Or there's there's tongue well, this list is ones that I've actually heard a bunch. There's the fuzzy wuzzy was a bear. Fuzzy wuzzy had no hair. That whole thing. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah. I know the oh <laughs> that's a classic one. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck? Mm-hmm. Woodchuck could chuck wood. And then they add like a whole another sentence to it. He would chuck, he would, as much as he could, and chuck as much wood as a woodchuck would if a woodchuck could chuck wood. That's stupid. <laughs> All right, well, I think we've done. I think we've exhausted it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, we got it. It's a great, great run. All right, well, speaking of uh, tough things to read. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamite uh, transition yep. <laughs> from my toes. Grace, you mentioned you had written some journals for your trips. Um, is this something that you did prior to the trip or just for these trips? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I um, love journaling. I think it's really helpful. I, I think I probably started journaling when I was like seven or eight, just like writing little things that happened to me that day and um, have continued journaling. And How I, many I mean, journals do you think you have? Oh gosh, probably like, I think if I was consistent about it, I'd, I'd have a lot more, but I probably have at least like seven or eight maybe more I don't know I don't have a lot but I have like my one where I like write all my like fun Mm -hmm. like life adventures in and then I have like my like little Jesus like church journal Mm -hmm. um so I have uh, probably more than that then but I think it's really um a great tool to like help me process things Mm -hmm. in life and so um I I love journaling and, and writing about my experiences and love going back and reading those and so um and preparing for the trip. Okay, well, then I have, like, my Jesus journal. So, like, I, like, write my prayers and, like, my, like, what I'm learning and, like, my prayer requests and, like, mm-hmm. how the Lord has answered my prayers. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of what I brought with me over there. So I could, like, kind of – I'd use it as, like, a tool with my quiet times. Um, but then while I was in the DR in Panama, I wrote down, like, all of just the cool things that I saw the Lord do mm-hmm. and the ways that he worked and wrote down those stories. Um, so in prepping for this podcast, I, like, went back and read – all of those because it's been a couple of years and um was really happy to just go back and read like oh yeah like I remember this person and like I went back I have a lot of pictures with the people and mm-hmm. so I like while I was reading my journal was like looking at the pictures of them and um it was really sweet and so I think that it's it's really important I think to remember and, and write down what the Lord has done in your mm-hmm. life and um even like kind of sidetracking but sort of similar thing is like I keep like a list in my phone of like all the ways that the Lord has like answered my prayers. And so like, I've like put the date that I like started like praying for something. And then I, 
if I see the Lord answer it, then I like put the date that like he's answered the prayer and like how he did. And so I think that those are really, um, awesome ways to like kind of keep track of like, and help me remember like, mm-hmm. these are the ways that the Lord is like actively working in my life. Cause mm-hmm. I can really forget that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's really cool. I have never been much of a journaler. I know one other person who journaled and the way I found out about that is if you knew me in college, uh, I would often ask the question, tell me your life story. Just an easy, quick one if you want to get yeah. to know someone. Yeah. But I think the interesting thing is, like, you can learn a lot about who a person is, not necessarily just from, like, what they tell you, but, like, the way that they tell you that information. Mm-hmm. And one guy literally was like, oh, easy. I ha- I've been writing down my life story. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I have, like, <laughs> 37 volumes of it. <laughs> and he proceeds to take, like, the entire time. There's, like, six of us. And I was like, okay, I would have asked everyone else this question, too. But... He was telling us just so much stuff, and I was like, oh, wow. how do you remember all of this? Like, it was just so detailed, like, very, this happened, and this happened, and this mm-hmm. happened, and I'm like, okay, we're only, like, a year in, like, <laughs> skip ahead a little bit, please. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, man. Uh, it was just so cool, just, like, the way that he was recounting his, just, stories, and, like, just how much he knew about it, where it's mm-hmm. like... I feel like I have a good memory, but not to that extent. Where I also don't write down a ton of stuff. Like when I do my devotional time, it's mostly writing down things that like stand out to me. But rarely do I find myself writing anything about like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't have too much. I think when I first became a Christian, I I thought, oh, you're supposed to like write everything down. <laughs> so yeah. I, I would like you know get up early and do my quiet times and I would write a bunch of stuff down and I would write down a bunch of prayer requests and write down you know when if I how I'd seen those be answered or how I'd seen them like you know change over mm-hmm. time or whatever um, but yeah I just I, I've never I don't journal at all and as I'm hearing you talk about it grace uh, as I hear you talk about the the guy who has 37 volumes of his life I'm like why don't I write more things down? Um, so I'm wondering, Grace, as someone who who has journaled, what would be some like tip? If it, are there any tips that you would have to like getting into journal? How to start? Like, what do you do? Where do you start? Like, should I go backwards and like fill in all my life until <laughs> up to this point, or do I start? Like, yeah, I guess just if if there's anything that sticks out to you on like. How do you even start doing this? Yeah. What would you say? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, I mean, I will say I'm not, like while I love doing it and I think it's a great tool, I'm not perfect at Like I'm right. not great at it. Like I mm-hmm. wish I did it more because it takes a lot of energy like to write by hand and, and mm-hmm. I, I like writing everything down by hand. Um, so it's hard, but I love, um, yeah, just kind of setting aside a time. Or setting aside time. Um, I even have like one journal that's like, I think it's called like three lines a day or a line a day or something mm-hmm. and you just write down it has like each date and it goes through like five years and you write down like one line of like something mm-hmm. that happened to you that day and so I've, I kept up with that for a while but even that like sometimes it's hard to keep mm-hmm. up with and it's only one line but you can start small I guess is what I'm saying and kind of build up um, whether that's you want to focus more on like just things that have happened in your personal life or in your spiritual life I mean they should kind of obviously be sort of the same but um, I kind of have two different journals for that I guess um but I think that's one tip is, yeah, just starting small and kind of building up from there. Um, journal prompts are really fun. There's a lot of, like, websites that have fun journal prompts. Oh, that's cool. Um, I also love, I used to, like, write down, like, 
the mood I was feeling and like what the weather was that day and like what song like I was listening to and mm-hmm. so it's kind of fun to look back and like see your life and see like mm-hmm. oh this was like what was happening or like my COVID journals were like really you know intense and mm-hmm. so it's fun to go back and, and read those things but um day 10 with the disease <laughs> <laughs> it's like post-apocalyptic yeah one of my friends made one where like she it's so cool i've asked her just i need her to send it to me but she like had like newspaper Mm. article clippings and like like drawings of like people like taking the toilet paper and just like all these little details (laughs) that like i forgot and i was like whoa like we went back and reminisced and it's not something that i necessarily like want to relive but like it's a major historical event that's going to go down in history and so Mm. it's like it's important to record those things Yeah. yeah i feel like me personally, when it comes down to like, oh, do I go back and write everything down? I'm someone who tends to do something like as soon as I'm tasked with it, because otherwise I will forget or I write it down immediately. Mm-hmm. But like most of the stuff I do during the day, is like not very notable. Yeah. So it's like, okay. But people <laughs> will ask me like, oh, what did you do over the weekend? And I'm like, <laughs> forget. <laughs> go back. And I'm like, okay, on this day I did this. And I feel like I'm very much like if I... Like whenever I forget something, I go back through what I was thinking and eventually I might make my way back to what it was mm-hmm. by thinking of what was my train of thought and how did I get there. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, journaling, like, it would be cool, but I feel like I don't have that much to say. Right. Well, I think, too, it can also be a tool of, like, self-reflection mm-hmm. and, like, processing like I use it a lot just because I'm not good at processing my emotions like I kind of ignore negative emotions but for like when I journal I aren't kind you of... aren't you supposed to do that that's what you're supposed to do <laughs> yeah. emotions right right you stuff them way down yeah and just, okay yeah good sure. I'm doing great good yeah. <laughs> the old 1900s way yeah it's never changed never uh, okay just making sure yeah. just making sure I'm good it's exactly yeah, the right okay. track sorry I interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> um no but I, th- I think it's helpful for Yes, like I yeah, I mentioned like what you said, were saying, like writing down what happened to you that day, but also like reflecting and emotions and um, mm-hmm. just processing and, and getting to know yourself better um, and kind of learning how you think and how you feel, I think is really important too. Yeah. Daniel, do you feel like when you write your sermon, you're journaling and you're, that's your outlet for oh, yeah. your problems is talking to a room filled <laughs> with It's a little something. different, but... Um, no, I mean, no, I don't feel that way. Okay. I think that because I, I do think that when when people say um, so I, I've heard a lot a lot of pastors say that the the sermon the prep the teaching all that stuff it has to be preached to you first before it can be effective to you know the, the audience or the congregation or the so you vet every joke you tell us <laughs> no I don't like if um, I laugh they'll have to I was. <laughs> Most of the time, when I when I go back and think about like a teaching or something, I'm like, man, I didn't plan on saying that, and I definitely shouldn't have said that. Or sometimes, like, someone will come up to me and be like, hey, when you said that thing about blah blah blah, I'm like, I had never never planned on saying that. Mm-hmm. But no, I, as far as like prep, writing, study, whatever, lesson planning, being like journaling. I don't think so. I, I don't I don't see it that way. Um, because I'm not I'm not necessarily like I'm not really thinking about myself right. that way. I do I do think that I should um, be I don't even know the right therapeutic language to use. I do think I should be more in touch with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm always reluctant 
to use that language because I think too many people are too connected with themselves or too obsessed with being connected with right. themselves. Enneagram. I'm a big. Oh, was Enneagram a no-go here? <laughs> no, no, it's not, not here. It's just, I love the Enneagram. It's just me. It's, it's Daniel's just, just a ten on the scale. I don't even know. Oh yeah, there's nine. Right? There's not a ten. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a wing uh, a a uh, I, <laughs> ITJ. Yeah. Yeah, I have so, a type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But no, I I don't. I wish that I could journal. I wish that I was a little more in touch with that. I wish I, in in my mid mid to early twenties, I have no recollection of a lot of things that went on. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I really wish that I could remember that stuff. But probably a grace from God that I don't remember some of that stuff. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, you might have already touched on this, but how do you feel like this activity has impacted you? Journaling? Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I sort of did touch on it, but I think it helps, um, yeah, I mean, just to be more in touch mm-hmm. with, um, my emotions and processing those and then how, um, you know, that different things, you know, relate to me in my life and then how I, you know, can relate that then back to the Lord and my walk with the Lord. And I think that that's, um, really important really important and then it's also just fun to go back and look at the memories and the sad ones or the happy ones and and just kind of um reminisce um that would be more like in my just like daily like this is what I did today kind of journaling but I think that that's really fun but then um like when I was like I said when I was prepping for this like I went back and read all of the stories that I wrote down that from my trips in Panama and the DR and like it was just really special to like read through those and I'm glad that I wrote them down because mm-hmm. otherwise I would have forgotten mm-hmm. all of those things. Um, I think pictures are another way that I kind of document my life, but I think even more so like writing down what those pictures are photographing, I think helps too. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Grace. Yes. Well, thank, thank you for you all. coming on the podcast. We appreciated fun. you having you on here. Um, Daniel, do we have anything coming up for, uh, West End. Well, um, let's see. Just some things to keep on your radar. Um, reach out to me if you are interested in this Ireland uh, trip. I can get you some information about it. Um, coming up in July, um, I think it's the 25th, maybe the 24th. It's whatever that Tuesday is. I think it's the 25th. We're doing this thing uh, here on the hangar lawn called uh, Mega Slip and Slide. So it's basically a 200-foot slip and slide. Um, I know that it sounds super like youth groupy. Um, it is so much fun. Like every single year that, that like young professional who's like, this is like kid stuff. I'm not doing that is out there having a blast. Like they're riding a pink unicorn float down the, down the mega slip inside and just having a great time. So uh, yeah, stay on the lookout for that. You can follow us on Instagram at West End Young Adults. Um, Kayla keeps that pretty well updated. Um, yeah, that's about it. Great. Well, it's been a blast having you both here in mm-hmm. Daniel's office. It's been a blast being had here. Yeah. Yeah, had a great time. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, speaking of writing things, if anyone wants to write us a new song for our podcast, otherwise you'll be hearing Daniel sing a song sometimes. Which we all enjoy, but maybe we'd like something original. 
They nah. missed they missed me shouting uh, lyrics to Nirvana songs before we pushed record. I recorded a little bit of it. Uh, it might end up in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but it depends on how well it fits. So if not, listener, we might add at the end here. But we'll see. <laughs> All right. Yeah, hit us up. Cool. Great. Thanks for being here. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.